0: You know that song that people sing on New Year's? May all acquaintance be yeah, 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 yeah. forgot and never brought to mind. That I yeah, I wanna I wanna kick it off
1: with that. you know the words? You better pull them up. Because let me tell you how I sing that song. May all your omnaps be forgotten, Urrow oh never brought to mind. May Oko oh, never come again, may call
0: be better. I think you just sang the <laughs> intros of the podcast, CGB. Damn it. <laughs> 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 Welcome to the Arena Craft podcast, where we audio bomb our co-hosts with blackmail. This is the best part of doing this, by the way, is that you get to blackmail your friends.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm still waiting for the opportunity for that. But since you control the masters, the editing, and <laughs> it's basically a evil dictatorship,
0: um, this is. Nothing but blackmail fodder for you to use on me. Indeed. Well, I'm punching up, so there you go. This is the ArenaCraft Podcast. We discuss nothing but Magic the Gathering Arena. My name is Arjun. I'm one of your hosts. This is CGB in the other host's seat. And, go Blue. how was your holiday, my friend? Uh, it was a very different holiday, as I'm
1: sure it was for many people. Thank you for asking. The wife and I and our two dogs and two cats stayed home basically throughout the experience, from like the 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, and now 27th. It's been like five days at home, which is bizarre, weird, and never before uh, done, I think, in the history of our lives. Uh, It's always been get up and go see this relative or that relative, I think, since the day I was born. So never had a holiday like it, but I'm not complaining. It was really nice, really peaceful, um, a good time to reflect on all the things that are going well in our lives. Um, I, I'll get personal for a second because this is a big deal, and I haven't told anybody this. You ready? Oh boy! I mean, privileged okay. information. It's, it's, it's a bomb, and I mean, you. I, I love that you opened by saying we talk about nothing but MTG Arena because <laughs> this has nothing to do with it. But it does. It does have something to do with it. So this has been by far the biggest content creator year of my life, uh, content creation turned into a real income. And what a lot of people don't know is I turned to content creation because I had another business that was absolutely failing um, in in complete disarray uh, to the tune of it had been a business that sold millions of dollars a year and made a big income, and then it became a business that lost hundreds of thousands every year and did that for several years in a row. I started this year over $300,000 in debt from that failed business. But I had, like, the content career was, the content was so good, and the audience was so good, and the fans were so good, and I, died, I dove into content creation headfirst, and we paid it all off. We paid the final bit of it off on December 15th. No Us, way, dude. Like, yeah, we did, in a year. My wife and I worked our butts off. It wasn't all content. Uh, my wife worked really hard all year. Like, she was working just as hard, if not harder, than me. Um, so uh we got it done. We paid off three hundred thousand dollars of bad business debt in a year, and I slept well for the first time in probably four years. Wow, dude.
0: Yeah. That so, that is a, a Christmas miracle right there.
1: It is, man. You know that scene at the end of It's a Wonderful Life where everybody's coming in just <laughs> dumping the money and everybody's so happy? I I think I know how he felt because he went from like life ending. This isn't going to work. I'm worth more dead than alive. That's how I felt for, for three years. That's how I felt. And now uh, now it's not like that. You know, uh, it, it, that weight off your shoulders is intense.
0: That's amazing, man. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, so, thank you. And it was a great Christmas. Uh, I also got to stream on New Year's. Or, sorry, on Christmas Eve and Christmas, I did. This, I streamed on both days. You stopped by and said hi. A lot of people said hi. A uh, very well-received stream. Really fun. And to top it all off, I, I just suddenly started being unable to lose on ladder. I haven't lost in, I think, three days, and I'm at number four.
0: I, it's a... What a frickin' week, man. Did you, like, meet... The devil at a crossroads somewhere? (laughs) No,
1: man. It's weird. It just feels like a lot of the, uh, quite frankly, stress and pain of the last several years, uh, especially this year, uh, sort of led to a place where things are working out. And I know that there's still a lot of pain out there, and I don't want to act like everything's perfect. I know it's not, but it's been so... Like this last week is almost reaffirming my faith in myself, and it means a lot.
0: That's awesome, dude. Well, I mean, your your commitment and your quality is evident. So, you know, I'm sure that just about everyone listening to this is like, yeah, CGBR and that. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, you did. I think it's sometimes in life it's important to prove to yourself what you're capable of. We talked about that last week. Yeah. Or two weeks ago. Exactly. And and I think this this year it sounds like you you and your wife have really... You know, proven yourselves in the arena of of grown up business, so that's awesome, man. Super, super glad to hear it. Thank you. My holiday was a lot more mundane, I would say. I basically just took some time off work, bummed around the house, had a really wonderful meal with uh, on on Christmas with my housemates, and got tipsy for the first time and probably literally years wow i'm a pretty straight edge dude you know but i definitely partake when the mood arises and this year was such a year so you know i may have acted like a bit of a fool (laughs) i may have done done and said some regrettable things but you know nothing nothing too major
1: not on the internet at
0: least not, not it, on the if, internet
1: <laughs> if it is don't tell anyone you, you
0: don't know how many twitter <laughs> posts i've x'd out of existence before they ever saw the lights of day
1: <laughs> mm,
0: nice but i, I want
1: to know uh, about the food you know you you talk about getting with your housemates and making good food what, oh what did yeah you guys have? yeah
0: this this was no exception um so my housemate uh well, i won't say his name but anyway my housemate jay made this amazing meal He made a pot roast, which is the first one I'd ever had. Probably the best beef I've ever eaten in my life. Uh, The texture was like, you'll know what I mean by this when I say like, you know when beef is flaky? It was like flaky beef. It was just coming apart. Okay. And I loved it. All righty. Meat virgin over here. Yeah. A lot of these experiences are like my first one for my life. So that was pretty cool. Really nice pot roast. Uh, We had mashed potatoes. We also had this salad, which was like a surprise hit. And it was literally, and I'm not joking, this was the whole salad, it was pineapples, pomegranates, one other kind of fr- oh, apples, and then just whipped cream. Nice. <laughs> and, you know, this perhaps we can have a broader discussion about this someday on the podcast, CGB, about what actually constitutes a salad.
1: On, on the Arena Craft podcast, the one where we talk exclusively... Exclusively
0: about MTG Arena, we will discuss because america has taken this to the next level man i mean you i mean you live in the midwest (laughs) you know what i'm talking about put something in a bowl dunk something creamy on it it's a salad yeah baby mix some meat and some mayonnaise and we have ourselves a salad but yeah so it was great if you're ever looking for a fun healthy nutritious thing to eat just cover a bunch of fruit and a bunch of whipped cream and call it good so yeah i mean that that was really christmas for me i played some magic chilled out saw my family on zoom it's probably resembled a lot of people's christmases this year
1: yep yep uh i i hope people took the that time that they would just sit in the same room with family feeling awkward and put it into a good zoom meeting
0: you know i i know i did yeah (laughs) you know where you can just feel awkward virtually sounds great yeah exactly so this week what we're talking about on the arena craft podcast devoted exclusively to magic gathering arena uh, we're going to basically talk about. We, we'd conceived kind of like a Christmas list episode where we asked Santa for all of the changes that we'd like to see in the arena game and client. And then the Kaldheim spoilers hit us. So we had to, that kind of derailed our show. We had to talk about that. So now we're doing kind of like a New Year's version of it where we're making our New Year's resolutions about what we would like to see in mtg arena if mtg arena wakes up on new year's day and is like what am i gonna be this year these are the things that we want it to be
1: (laughs) somebody help arena get its butt to the gym because this is also a sneaky way to uh, let people know what we don't
0: like about arena (laughs) yeah which i'm sure that won't come up much right cgb i (laughs) know i mean (laughs) this is a positive show right this is a this is a positive show we we only focus on the best of the best so we're going to get into that first i want to do a quick lightning round question because i'm enjoying this segment and we've had some more people submitting questions in our discord by the way we have a discord uh that still seems to surprise a number of people who come in and they're like i've been listening to this show for a year and i didn't know you had a discord yes we have a discord it's awesome come and say hi check it out talk about decks and ask a lightning round question, and this week's one comes from TC Matthias, who asked, and I'm sure that you'll you'll have to search in the memory banks for this one, CGB, so I'll go first, but okay. TC Matthias asks, what was the biggest comeback you had on a match? Yeah, and at CGB is like the comeback kid, so this is, this is going to be fun for him, but... um. I'm, I'm sure that this is probably not my most legendary comeback, but it's the one that I remember the most clearly. And so we're going to rewind the clock about maybe four or five months to when Teamer Adventures was still legal and standard. And I actually posted a picture on uh, Twitter about this when it happened. So if you want to see all of the gory details, you can go back and find that. But I was in a Teamer Adventure mirror, and if any of you have ever played the Teamer adventure mirror it's this kind of it's it's absurd magic it's kind of like if you are a boxer and you are in a ring with another boxer and both of you had anvils for fists that's what the mirror feels like it's like your opponent goes and they freaking hit you in the face with an anvil and then you take your turn you untap with 12 mana you have two clovers you have approximately a million cards in your hand and you anvil your opponent through the wall, and you just go back and forth like this for the whole match. But usually what determines the winner of these mirrors is A of all who can stick more clovers, um, and then B of all who can get more lands out. It's kind of absurd to be playing a game of Magic where like you'll have seven creatures on the board and they don't matter. Your opponent's taking their turn, and you're just terrified that they're going to play another clover, get three more lands out of their deck, and draw into their fair of Wishes. Like, that's what you're scared of, right? You're not scared of their, like, three Beanstalk Giants and their bone crushers and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I was playing this game, and I was just getting bodied. I was getting bodied by my opponent. And I'm looking at this screenshot of, <laughs> of the winning play that I made in this game. So my opponent's at 22 life. They have, I'm not gonna count all the lands, but it looks like about 18 lands on the battlefield maybe even 20 lands on the battlefield. They have all four Clovers in play. They also have a Great Henge. And then, if that wasn't good enough, let's look at the creatures. My opponent has 13, count them, 13 1-1 human tokens. They have a Lovestruck Beast, an Edgewall Innkeeper, a Beanstalk Giant, and at least one Brazen Borrower. And their, their hand is also stacked, right? They're at 22 life. Okay, now here's my side of the battlefield. I have what looks like about 14 lands in play, I have one Clover, and then I have a bunch of Creatures in Exile. I'm at four life, okay? So my opponent was basically, it was the final turn of the game, my opponent has me lethal seven ways on the board, but I had the exact amount of mana that I needed, and I had one Clover in play, and I was able to, in one turn, wish for Fling, and for the expansion explosion, and play my Beanstalk Giant, and double fling my opponent to the face for 30 damage. And this tapped every last mana that I had, and I was able to lethal them for the win. So that was was definitely one of my prouder moments. When you play a deck a lot, and you're able to take down the mirror, especially when you're really outgunned, it just it feels good you know it feels like you've achieved some level of mastery with the deck so anyway that that was satisfying what about you cgb it's almost unfair
1: because (laughs) I've, i've spent years making content and i do so much of it with control decks and the control thing is to go down to a very low life total low resources and then mount a comeback and there have been. I, I remember a game on stream where I was literally down seventy four life to one, and I can't. And they had like ten creatures on board, and I had nothing on board. And of course, that doesn't matter if you wrath the board, counter the next few spells, and just work your way through it. But yeah, I was down seventy four life to one. So that comes to mind when you talk about the biggest comeback. If you mean by life total disparity, that's the biggest one I remember. Then there's just incredible odds. I I can recall multiple games. Some of them like I remember one on YouTube against Solty control where I had an, I won with an empty library, you know, things like that where I had to draw my last card, make a making a giant shark typhoon token and sneak through for lethal somehow. And then there's um another one in the tournament I played this year against Pretty MTG where I did I had to win with zero cards in my library against Rogues and in like the larger comeback world like this was the finals of a double elimination tournament with me from the losers bracket i was down a game so if i lose that game the tournament is over if i win that game i still have to win again and then i have to play another best of three and beat pretty again to win that tournament but and i won that game with no cards in my freaking library it was like a 50 minute game and uh i went on to win that both I went on to do what I said, like the, the biggest comeback you can imagine, I think, from a turn with an empty library to winning my bracket, beating Preddy in that best of three, then the next best of three, beating him again. So, like, yeah, that was an epic comeback for sure. But the one that I immediately thought of and the reason I just leaned back smiling when you asked the question is because I think it just happened. I Like, uh, the last game I played for my recording today... I was down going into the final turn. My opponent's on um, mono white life gain. The video will be public by the time this comes out. If you want to go watch it on YouTube, plug plug. So first of all, I'm in top, I'm number five mythic. All right, I'm playing. I, so there's there's like stakes involved here. I, I do want to get higher ranked, and I'm playing mono green food against mono white life. Mono White Life has Heliod, a 9-9 Speaker of the Heavens, two 12-12 Angels, and a million other things like Daxos on board. And going into what would go on to be like the final turn or two of the game, I remember my life total was four and theirs was 64. And I'm playing Mono Green Food. I don't have Sweepers. I don't have Removal. I don't have Removal that can beat an Owl Seed of Life's Bounty. Like, what the heck am I going to do? well go watch the video oh
0: snap oh but i just
1: oh my gosh after i did it my i just sat there staring at the screen for the longest time like what just happened how did this happen i have no idea still i can't even tell the story well i have no idea
0: oh my god you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a CGB story if there wasn't some kind of setup in it. So, <laughs> so now myself and the podcast listenership will have to go check that out.
1: I also, you know, grabbed the mic and told you about like four games instead of one. So, there you go. boom. So you know, value. He, he paid it forward. He paid it forward. Val. All
0: right, I cast into the story <laughs> four 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 cards. <laughs> Alright, so let's get on to our main topic here, and so today we're going to be talking about changes that we would like to see in the MTG Arena client, aka things that we we look forward to. I think that most people who've played this game probably have a laundry list of things that they would like to see added, improved, changed, and whatever. And so we are, we are no exception. I'm actually kind of excited to do this because... I think it's peeled back the curtain on some of the the behind-the-scenes conversations that CGB and I have had about the game. Because this stuff comes up, you know, when you're making content around the game. It really comes up a lot. So, anyway, I don't know if there's a structured way that we can go about this CGB, or if we just want to kind of tag-team it. Yeah, dude. Ping-pong. All right. That sounds good. Tennis.
1: Who wants to serve? That sounds
0: good. So I'll I'll let you go first. So uh, just hit me with uh, number one on your list
1: number one on my list the first thing I want to get out there just for the people and this is this is kind of a, a precursor this isn't the thing but I want to make very clear I am a very selfish magic player like many of us I just want it all man <laughs> let's, let's just start there there is no lack of things that I would love we, we all have a lot of ideas of what we would want and I want all of it and I could just go down a list and read you like 20 things but we're going to focus on a few specific ones And the first thing I want is more cards. (laughs) I know, I know, man. It's too easy, but it is so true. This is, I still feel that MTG Arena is the best way to play Magic the Gathering. And I still feel that the best thing they can do from
0: a revenue standpoint is get more cards on MTG Arena. I'm a little bit surprised to hear this only because I feel like this is actually one of the things they've been doing pretty well. So, for example, they've done these remastered sets. They've, you know, they've had a lot of stuff to Historic, certainly. They've done Jumpstart. So, I mean, it's not that I disagree with you by any means, but um, I, I feel like they're pumping the cards onto this platform for sure. I think that you're
1: right. But when you think about the 27-year history of Magic, and when you think about the rate that we have, like every three months we get a master set, and they're not doing the anthologies anymore, and maybe they throw some reprints into new sets. It's a pretty slow pace, and the reason I think it's a huge financial move for them is the nostalgia factor. I think that while Arena is going to be good at getting players into the game, hopefully, and we need new blood in the game, I think that one of the great powers of anything that's 20 plus years old is the nostalgia feel. People want to feel like they did when they were younger, when they had less cares, when life was beautiful, when they didn't have mortgages and kids and jobs. And a lot of that for us is Magic the Gathering. What are the cards that we played with when we were younger and what were they like? Um, We can't, especially when you get Sets as busted as Eldraine, and and like the stuff that we've had lately, Magic doesn't feel the same. We've we've how many times have we talked about that on this podcast? Magic doesn't feel the same. They could make if they made cards quickly and got them out there. They could sell nostalgic experiences. I'm I don't imagine everybody in the world wants to play Urza Saga limited, <laughs> not limited, uh, like block. But I know a lot of people who would, uh, even though those were insanely broken times. Oh, dude, I, I think, like
0: Block Constructed, by the way.
1: Oh, yeah. I miss Block Constructed, yeah. to be honest. And uh, like Odyssey Block was a very competitive time in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lorwyn, when planes workers, walkers first arrived, was the f- time in my life where I had to sell my collection and walk away from the game the first time. Mm-hmm. I needed the money. I had to go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to go to college. And I just couldn't do it. And I didn't... I'd like a chance to revisit that. I never got to play those formats. Yeah. You know what
0: I mean? I've always regretted that. Just for anyone listening who's not familiar with the term, block constructed basically refers to a format where you... It's a constructed format, 60-card decks, etc., but you're only allowed to play cards from a block. So this was back when they were doing two or three set cycles, and I, did they ever do block constructed with any single release sets? Did they ever do any core set M12 block constructed that you remember?
1: I every block I remember was either two sets or three okay. sets.
0: Yeah, it would be it would be a pretty tough restriction to you know do constructed with just one set. I was just a huge fan of this as you know it's like CGB and I will weigh into that the M21 standard. I just think that restricting the field in a very major way allows for really interesting creative choices, and it also allows you to explore some of the themes of a set in Constructed that you otherwise wouldn't have. So, yeah, big fan for sure.
1: Yep. So, anyway, that's my first one. I think that they should produce more cards, and I think that they should do it differently than just working their way backwards. Mm. I think that Kaladesh revealed a lot of how you can't really impact historic with older sets because the new sets are just so much more powerful. Yeah. I think that they should either work their way forward or just pick random spots in time and build events around those releases and those, and unique constructed formats and limited formats, yeah. as opposed to being like, here's Kaladesh, isn't Historic different now? And as it turned out, no. Mm. Uh, No. You had one week of Aetherworks marveling,
0: and then no. You know, that's a really cool idea, actually. I like the idea of saying, we're going to do a Historic event on Arena for this week, and it's going to be called Marvel. And they just like print some energy cards into Historic, and now they're in Historic. But you introduce them through playing that event that they could do a lot of stuff like that I agree and it it could really help them to make inroads into formats like Pioneer which you know we've all kind of been laboring under this assumption I guess Wizards has explicitly said that they want to support Pioneer on Arena and basically doing that through the historic format so yeah I I think it would be cool if they did weekly or monthly injections of random relevant cards into the format I think that's a really good idea all right Sir. All right. What you got? Excellent. So th- this is this is kind of a broad topic, but I just have to say that one of my one of the things I get frustrated with the most playing Arena is everything to do with deck building. I just have a laundry list of improvements that I'd love to see to the deck builder. The first one everyone wants it, I don't know why we don't have it, is just to be able to select your default land style. Oh. We have a sweet interface for choosing your default deck art, right? Deck back art, sleeve art, whatever you want to call it. Why are we just not able to do this with our lands? You know, I invested, I spent whatever it was, 2000 gems to get those full art lands. I don't remember which cycle it was, but you know, the gorgeous ones. And it just pains me so much to have to, like, every single deck I build, every single limited every deck I build. Dude, limited? Every time. It's so annoying, dude. It's so annoying. I just don't know why we don't have it, basically.
1: Like, I want to go count the clicks. I bet I could do it right (laughs) now that it takes two. Let's see. Let's go. Um, Let's hit plus. We're going to create a new deck. The first thing we have to do, one, select standard. Two, hit the land button. Three, turn off suggest lands. Now, this is if you're woke. If you're not woke and you just start adding cards to your deck, you're going to have to click 24 times to remove the lands that you added. And now that I've turned off suggest lands, let's assume it's mono white, I'm going to go find my land, two more clicks, and then I'm going to click, 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 click. All right, 20 planes into the deck in the color that I wanted. It's like 30 clicks I didn't like, I, I don't want to do this every time. I can
0: feel the RSI, RSI now, man. I mean, damn. Yeah, I, it, it's really obnoxious. I mean, I would even settle for a super janky hack where like I make a .txt file and like put a code in and put it in some folder on my computer. Or like I would even settle for that. I just want some way to be able yeah. to do it.
1: I would just settle for them staying at the front. Yeah. Like why do they move to the back? They move to the front. They sort in reverse order.
0: Yes, I totally agree. Yeah, why do I have to page over like three pages to find the land I want? There's so many things about it that are very annoying. It's also weird that they kind of support it. I think it's like when you buy a new land style, it gets set as the default until something else happens. I don't quite remember what that something else is. Or you open... It's when you acquire
1: a new card of that type. So it's when you open a new what they call a new land in like a new set yeah, okay, or the Bob Ross lands or anything that's a new printing. When you first acquire it becomes the one that it goes to first by the suggested lands feature.
0: So there's already like, it's already coded to give you a default land. So the fact that you can't just choose it is so frustrating. The next thing that I want to be able to do is save different versions of a deck within that deck listing think about how it goes now you have what 75 deck slots in arena mm-hmm. yep people do this they make iterations of the deck they test things they test sideboards etc etc and so if you're testing with a deck you often need like up to 10 slots with a. De- or you know or you're like i want to try gabe nassif's version of this deck i want to you know blah blah blah, blah. it would be so cool to just be able to have like nested deck versions so that you could just you know switch between them on the fly. I would love to be able to do stuff like that. Another thing, just simple things like if you've ever played MTGO, MTGO has a surprisingly good and robust deck builder that they've developed over the years. And they just have some really nice things you can do. Like For example, when you're building a deck and you click on a card in your collection, you can right-click on it and you can choose how many you want to add to your deck. You can also choose how many you want to add to your sideboard right from a context menu. Tell me you've never had this experience, CGB, where you add a bunch of cards to what you thought was your sideboard, and then you're like, oh, wait, those are in my main deck. Now I have to individually drag each one over to my sideboard.
1: If you are if you are a vertical deck builder, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the horizontal deck builder doesn't have this problem. They have a different problem of constantly removing cards from their deck while
0: trying to drag them to their sideboard. Yes! Board. Yes. If you're the, I guess it's the vertical that I'm talking about. As far mm-hmm. as I can tell, there's no way to add additional copies of a card to your deck by clicking on it. Is that true? Uh, you click on the number. D- okay. So it, maybe it's the horizontal one that I'm talking about. When, when the deck is like on that one, clicking takes it, takes it, out. it out. So how yeah, do, yeah, So is yeah. that is there <laughs> any way to add cards to your deck without searching them up? And then like, clicking on them
1: yeah yeah you switch back to the um vertical view and then you click and on the you, number <laughs> yeah
0: or or in the horizontal yeah, view you yeah. have to actually search the card up yep, and, and yep, click it right. from your collection it's so clunky oh,
1: dude how how about this one what if you have two negates in your sideboard and two in your main deck and you're a vertical viewer and you want to try the third negate in your oh, main? Oh, dude, it's so painful. You have to remove it from the sideboard <laughs> and then click back. Oh, like you have to drag it out of the sideboard and click back over and click the arrow
0: on it again. And it's so tilting. It's so annoying, dude. It's so um, even just basic things like if you're in the what is it? If you're in the vertical view, it's a pretty narrow little list of cards, right? So it'll often clip the mm-hmm. name of the card. It would be nice to just be able to increase the size of that column a little bit sometimes.
1: Oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm- increase the size of a column. What do you think this is? Windows 95? What do you think this is? Spreadsheet simulator? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I, I'm loving riffing on this. So I, this is whale problems, but
0: have you done much with cosmetics? Because this is very similar. I've only done a little bit with cosmetics, but I have, this is my main annoyance that I've had with cosmetics, because I, okay, I know that you're a Godzilla fan, that's great, no shade on Godzilla, but I hated all the Godzilla card styles, and I had this experience, so I felt like every week I'd load up my deck, and I'd be like, Dude, why is my gem rage the the, the freaking Godzilla one? I want to change uh-huh. it back. And then yep. next week, I'd load it up and I'd be like, "Dude, why is it the Godzilla one again?" Like we already yep. had this conversation. Yep. But anyway, tell me tell me what's going on with you in cosmetics.
1: Well, in case it helps you, there is something in gameplay now to disable alternate hide alternate art styles okay. that cool. works specifically for that. That is in settings. That took a long time. It wasn't there for a long time. So that might help you a little. What I was going to throw my little fit about, uh, what I was going to get on my soapbox about, is that if you get a cosmetic, like it has a sorting order of what priority you think your cosmetic should be. So your cosmetic always starts in that place. And I'm going to use Bone Crusher Giant as my example. My Bone Crusher Giant, I played an event and I got the storybook frame for Bone Crusher Giant as a prize i did not ask for this i just played the event and this is what i won i really hate the freaking storybook frame Mm -hmm. i like just the cosmetic bone crusher giant so much more but every single deck i build with what was and has at many times been the most popular card in standard bone crusher giant it defaults to the storybook frame i have to right click the bone crusher giant i have to click on a little sliding thing i have to scroll over to the regular version of the giant i have to hit select but that doesn't add it to my deck now i have to remember to add it to my deck oftentimes i do that and i think it's in the deck and it's not and worse if i build the deck if it's in the deck And I try to right click on it to change the frame, I can't do it. Right clicking on it will do absolutely nothing. So you actually have to search it
0: up in your collection. You have
1: to search it up again, then right click (laughs) on it. Then now you can also click the card styles menu and then go click on it and then change it, but it's so awkward and annoying because I can't give this frame back i don't want this cosmetic I, re- I don't even play the fnm events anymore because i might win a frame i didn't want
0: i'm not kidding like this sounds minor it is super annoying no. with popular cards dude i'm so with you and it actually harkens back to the lands thing like can i give back these dumb basic lands because frankly yes here's the thing okay it's annoying now what's it going to be like in three years I'm gonna have literally 10 pages of every basic land. I I don't want them. I just don't want them.
1: Hold on, I'm I'm just doing the math for fun. I have, oh my God. I have 57 different islands right now. Oh my gosh, dude. I have chosen to own four.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When I think about like the basic lands that I currently like to use, they're the fancy ones I bought. And then they are some of the nice full arts that I got from Zendikar Rising, because I do think those are really pretty sexy. The, yes. the rest of them, I could not care less. Dude, it's literally my brain doesn't even have space for them. I don't see them. All I just see is this undifferentiated wall of blue or this undifferentiated wall of green. So yeah, it's, it, it really needs so, to
1: work. This is something that was on my list, and I think it segues well. Do you have anything to
0: wrap up uh, this deck? these deck yeah, building. Yeah, this things? is one that doesn't take much discussion. I just want for the importing and exporting to work better. Um, I'm so <laughs> no. tired. This is what I have to do. If I'm importing a deck and anything's wrong with it, I get this little error message that's like, you can't import that, you know, whatever. Card not recognized, right? And then I have to like paste it into a text file erase that line and then try to import it again why couldn't arena just say we didn't recognize this card so we didn't import that line we skipped the line it's like simple stuff dude I don't I just don't get it again I just don't get it
1: i love highlighting things like this on my streams you can go to the official magic the gathering website you can pull up deck lists from zendikar rising championship and you can go hit the arena like export button and it doesn't it just does
0: nothing (laughs) (laughs) I, I (laughs) uh, i mean cgb it is the year 2020 right
1: I, we, it's hard out there, you know, it's hard to do things, but like some things should We work. live, we uh, live in the future. We literally live in the future. All right. And there are people who are going to say we're just complaining that this is hard work. And I'm I'm not mean, I don't mean to put the programmers down, but there are examples of places where this work in games that are not magic, that are much smaller than magic. I, I challenge you guys to go Give an honest try and review to the game Shadowverse, which is a much smaller game, but is in the TCG space. You know, there's a lot of fan service anime girls. I'm not talking about that. But just, (laughs) like, try the client. Download it onto your iPad and just play around in it. You can browse decks that recently 5-0'd online tournament events and import them and craft them if you want to, all within the client without tabbing away on your iPad, on your iPad, you can watch replays
0: of every game you have played on ladder oh. on your iPad. Oh, what, what I would give to have that functionality. Oh, yep. Baby. Uh, so
1: just, just as an example, and you can play an AI that is not a total moron.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. That would be amazing too.
1: That would be so, amazing. um, anyway, I just wanted to throw that in Yeah. There, that like, when I when I when I complain about this I'm comparing it to something by a much to, to what? Again a as a much indie smaller development
0: company perhaps?
1: <laughs> I am not sure. I don't know a lot about side games but I know they're not Hasbro.
0: Yeah. All right. Anyway, well, you are making a transition that I interrupted. So what what was next on the list?
1: Well, I what I want more than anything uh I really want Dust. Oh, dear. but we're probably We're probably not going to get dust the ability to turn our extra cards into some form of currency i don't think it's ever going to happen i think that it's a greed thing that they have decided we just get the cold shoulder on but if you're not going to let me dust let me hide my cards or let me build custom collections or binders because it ties into what we were talking about with the deck builder they have this collection button who hits their collection button and just flips through it only new players because once you start collecting at any kind of a decent rate it's just boring and un like you can't really do it it i just want to be able to hide cards i never use or build custom binders like cuz when i would build decks and prepare myself for tournaments it was all about like this is my binder and i like to lay out in the binder all the best cards in standard Like, this is what gets my juices flowing. How can I use these critical engines of standard, right? Like, how can I make this happen? I would love to do that for streams. The only way I have to do it now is to throw them all in a deck and then put it in horizontal view and then drag it because it resets every time you close it and reopen it. Uh, and I want custom binders I want to be able to hide cards I'm never going to play and be able to scroll through, look and be inspired by
0: by the cards that are available and the possibilities that we have dude, that's such a, I mean it's such a good idea, imagine this I know that this will get you salivating, CGB imagine I'm going to make a black control binder for standard, which just contains every black card that I think about when I'm making a black control deck I'm going to do the same for every, well, maybe not green. I don't know, whatever. Well, it's the same thing. If I'm building an adventures deck, I'd like to have this framework of all of these cards ready to go. Wouldn't it also yes. be cool to just be able to add, just like have your control binder and then also just have your lands in there so that you, you're, again, you're ready to go. You don't need to go <laughs> up to your freaking yes. lands menu, right? So that's such a good idea, man. And again, like it, it just seems fairly easy to implement that. I, I know it's probably
1: a decent idea because you've latched onto it like oh, like just like snap, that. you know?
0: Like, who wouldn't want that, who's collected magic cards or built magic decks? Yeah. And again, you know, I'm not, this isn't let's compare Arena to MTGO, but MTGO does have that feature. And again, I just think that it speaks to them having been around for long enough and They've just encountered this stuff and they've implemented it. And it's actually, it makes me appreciate that software a bit more and having this conversation because there are many ways it's matured over the years to include these features and they are really good. Once you have them, it's kind of rough to go back to not having them. So, yep. Genius. Genius. (laughs) All right. Serve back to me. All right. I would love to just see more sane defaults for in game cards and actions. Classic example, you had this in your video, CGB, I was just watching, where you cast Shatter Skull Smashing, and you were like, Oh my god, the defaults actually work this time. You didn't have to adjust the damage <laughs> levels. I feel like this is just one oh one, like if I cast Shatter Skull Smashing for five, I want for it to default to dealing three damage to the three toughness creature and two damage to the two toughness creature. I just like I don't think it's that hard to do. Some of the cards do have good defaults. I, I can't think of another example. There are some like X spells with multiple targets that I've seen that seem to work correctly. But like, I, there's, there's just so many examples where the defaults are pretty miserable. I feel like if I were designing this game and I was just playing it and I saw that goal thing happen once, I'd be like, oh my God, we need to fix that right now. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, I agree with that one.
0: There's a number of in-game changes that I would like to see in general. Like we've all complained about the auto tapper, it gets you. But I I don't know if there's
1: a great solution to that other than to keep working on it. It's a lot better than it used to. Yeah. If you ever if you played the beta, if you pay, played the closed beta auto tapper, oh my goodness,
0: yeah. Oh my. No, goodness. It, it has improved. Let Let's give them credit where credit is due. It is. Here's the other thing as well. It is a hard problem to solve. Unlike a lot of the things that we've pointed out, this actually requires some pretty sophisticated programming to be able to look at your hand, look at your graveyard, look at what's on the battlefield, and make sensible suggestions for what you might want to do. So this is one Mm -hmm. of the ones, like, for anyone who thinks that this is a simple programming problem, it is not. This is the kind of thing that, like, you hire your big brain developers to work on, and they do multiple iterations, because it's basically AI is what they're developing there yeah
1: we need better than sparky running
0: <laughs> let's play again planeswalker <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you oh, sparky here's okay here's like an actual game design concept that i've come up with that i think that would improve the in-game experience i would love to be able to have a grid view in game and this is what i mean Think about when you're when you're a greedy mage like CGB and you cast Seagate Restoration and you now have 26 cards in your hand. I would love it if for your graveyard view, for your hand view, maybe for you know even your uh, exile view. I see where if you're. If there was just this, a little yes. toggle button where you could go from the you know whatever they have currently to just grid, and it would just lay the cards out in a grid at whatever zoom level encompassed them all, and if you could just easily toggle between the two, because I've had times like uh, I remember when I was a plane wide celebration gamer. I've roped out several times casting that card, because first of all, you have to tank about which modes you want to choose, and then you have to actually find the cards you're getting back from your graveyard, and you have to click on them properly. And, you know, whoops, I clicked on the wrong ones, and now you're scrolling through your graveyard trying to figure out which one to unclick on, and then so you can click on the other, you know what I mean? And so I think that if you were able to toggle a grid view and have them all laid out on the screen in front of you, I think that would make that kind of stuff a lot easier. I haven't heard that
1: one, but it would solve a lot. I, I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, here's another example. Attackers and blockers. How many times have you lost a game or won a game versus your opponent because there were just too many attackers and blockers and you couldn't see everything clearly? And I think, again, if you were able to like grid view it out, it would be pretty awesome.
1: Control mage. Not a
0: problem. <laughs> not, not something CGB deals with.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> no no that's not true i have definitely played games where we both amassed basically infinite battlefields and i was just waiting to try to be the one who hit the attack button because i knew my opponent could never declare blocks
0: in time yeah so i just had to make sure i was the one who got the attack off dude losing because you timed out declaring blockers especially when you were actually doing the work of declaring the blockers and not just tanking about it feels pretty bad I don't know. I
1: felt big brain winning that way. I got to tell you. I'm just like, this person is roping every single turn. There's over 500 permanents on this battlefield. If I attack, they'll never get their blocks done. And sure enough, I hit the attack button. After two timeouts of roping, they start declaring blockers. I'm
0: like, I'm just going to go get a sandwich. And by the time I get back, victory. I mean, that's, that is that is <laughs> the most CGB way to win like an aggro, mirror. I was streaming it. Love it. Yeah, I I got up and left while streaming. I was like, guys, I'll be back. Diabolical. (laughs) Have fun. All right, back back to you, buddy. What would you like to see?
1: I believe that MTG Arena is positioned as a competitive product. I think that the focus on standard and now the push to make historic competitive is what's going on there. Because of that, I don't think what I'm going to suggest is going to happen, but... I think that the long-term wizard's philosophy or strategy is that Commander is their paper product of focus and their competitive product of focus is standard on MTG Arena. That's the way it feels. And uh, with what happened to paper this year and with the fact that eventually these games should be digital, digital will probably not ever fully replace paper, but it should always be in the conversation for an alternative because it's more convenient... And as the game grows, it like convenience is going to be very important. Then I think that we need Commander on MTG Arena. And we don't have to have all the cards available right now. Just call it Arena Commander. Let it be its own format. Start with everything legal. Ban and restrict things as you go. 100 card decks, 40 life, command zone. Work on multiplayer, but it can start with 1- 1v1. Someday it should have multiplayer. And I think these things go hand in hand, maybe they don't. But I think that to appeal to the casual crowd who may have already sampled MTGO, built a paper collection, wants to play arena but finds it expensive as you know, oh my gosh. I think they need to consider a subscription service for this for the casual the casual player who wants to get on there and jam some commander with their friends. I think that if they pay like i don't i don't know what the right number is somebody will tell me but if they pay a, a number a month to unlock one of every card to play commander with their friends i think that should be encouraged whereas on the competitive side where there are rewards and things like that yes i think you should have to collect and put money into the game if you want to take it to the next level
0: but on the casual side i don't think the current economy makes sense for most fans. That's a, that's a really smart idea CGB. I mean, it's like I hesitate to go too far down that road because I think that it opens up so many opportunities for more like predatory business models. However, I will say that I mean a lot of people do think that Arena's current business models are pretty predatory as someone who's been able to interact with it without having to pay out the nose, probably just cuz I play a lot of limited i don't happen to feel like i have been predated upon yeah but i do think if wizards had a sensible model like yeah it was just you can play whatever you want in commander for 10 bucks a month and then it's just you know that's one part of playing the game and you can opt in or opt out your choice no biggie Yeah. yeah i think that that is really smart and i mean honestly a lot of people who play mtgo uh, are currently able to do so sustainably because they go through third-party subscription services. And that is really a financially viable way for them to do that for a lot of different people. And so I think that introducing that concept into Arena is a really smart idea.
1: And again, I want to stress for the people out there who might be throwing their uh, podcat their podcast player of choice, their iPhone against a wall, that I'm talking about the very casual player, not the daily, per- not the person who's going to be here every day doing their dailies. I know that, like, for me, that's never a problem. I'm always going to get my, like, you know, some five wins a day and complete my quests because I play every day, and a lot of us do. If you listen to this podcast, you probably do. But the biggest audience for Magic, the the actual average big picture magic player is they just, you know, play a little bit every week and they want to play with their friends. And there's really not a good incentive for them to get into Arena because who are they going to play? They're, they're never going to get a good size collection, not like they have in paper or not like they can borrow from a friend. They're never going to complete their quests. They're never going to build good decks. Like, there's just nothing for them. They log in, they click around, they look at what they have, they say, well, that's not much, and they log out. And if they had a way to make a cool commander deck and play with their friends right away, I
0: think that it would succeed. Yeah, Which, again, is one of the benefits of playing something like MTGO. For example, in MTGO, you can get the client, go in first time, you can pull up bargain commander lists for MTGO, wherever you get your lists, right? EDH rec or wherever on the internet, you can pick a list that's 15 tickets or whatever. And then you get you buy your 15 tickets, and you just buy those cards. Boom, you got them. And you're good to go. The whole arena model is it's a grinder model. It's kind of interesting that they've done this, right? I guess that they've decided that they make more money in the long term from having grinders than they do from letting people essentially pay to win. because. In the MTGO model, you're like, I have a hundred bucks burning a hole in my pocket. I'm just gonna spend it buying whatever cards I want for whatever deck I wanna build. And boom, you do that in like 10 minutes and you got your cards, you build your deck and good to go. So Arena does not want you to do that. They don't want you to come in and be like, I wanna build a rogues deck for a hundred dollars bam here we go you know they want you to grind they want you to get the wild cards to do it they want you to play limited to get the cards and i think that that is a large deterrent to a lot of people like you were saying established magic players who already know what they want and you know they don't want to have to kind of faff about and make arena their whole lifestyle just to be able to do that in like three months from now for example
1: yeah bingo man well said and I don't think they'll ever put wild cards in the store. Yeah, you know, you you'll never just be able to pay money to get a wild card. So if you're not going to do that, you you gotta you gotta give them something. Yeah. There's a lot of casuals who look at a arena like this isn't this is not my product, and that's in my like everything that we've heard from wizards and their behavior and everything that people say says the casual market is the
0: big market. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, on the extreme other end of the spectrum, we have world champion Paulo Vitor D'Amadorosa, who posted on Twitter a while back something to the effect of, I want to get into historic. OMG, how do I do that? And then, you know, various people responding to him being like, I've got bad news for you, Paulo. (laughs) And, you know, you have like the literal world champion, one of the best players ever, logs onto Arena, wants to play a format, doesn't want to have to spend the next four months grinding it out, Paulo might be willing to just drop 500 or 1,000 US dollars to just, boom, buy his way into some historic decks. Can't do that. I mean, that's a serious indictment of your economic model.
1: Yeah, you have to go buy gems. You have to use those gems to buy bundles of packs. You have to click the Open Packs button as many times as is necessary until the little
0: lotus thingy goes up to the number you want then you craft what you need excellent point cgb and that definitely gets at some of the more structural aspects of the way the game is designed and i'm sure that watsi has spent thousands of hours discussing this very thing i love your faith on another note here this has been brought up many many times before but i just want to be able to do draft pods with my friends there's third-party software that does it but i want to be able to do it in client Again, it's just another it's easy money for arena. And I can understand why something like this might not exist because I think it's it's a pretty substantial investment of development to like get the GUI together and get the programming together and work out all the kinks. So you know I can understand why something like this hasn't been implemented. I wouldn't put this at the top of my list. I think there are a lot of other things that are probably take a lot less time and have a higher uh, EV for wizards to focus on. But I would really love to see that eventually.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I'm into it. Why not? on am kind of a related, like, minor note, and this is the last thing on my list, so this is my final volley. Um, I'll, I want to throw in that I, I have two monitors and a pretty good setup. I think that what I'm about to suggest would help people on mobile and people on regular computer setups much more than myself, much more than the power users. And I want to be able to do more magic-related stuff from within MTG Arena uh i want to be able to read the story see the latest previews and watch like streams of the big competitions or top ranked players and i want to do it without closing the client uh or or you know send decklist to websites like aetherhub although that would require more of an official partnership i'm sure but it feels and i know this from other games that you can do more within the client and it seems to me like i i have to i play my games and then I just wanna—I have to close the client to do almost anything else, and it's all MTG related. Like all the things I'm doing is more stuff about Magic, um, but I—I I have to close the client to get to them, and it's kind of frustrating. It feels like there are—they've—they've they've put some links on the front page, right? Uh, but like latest deck list—that is on the front page right now. I'm looking right at it. Find the next deck by checking out these MTG. Uh, Arena decklist. I click on it. Here comes Chrome. I can't see it. It's behind. Like if, if I weren't paying attention to my start bar, I'd think nothing happened whatsoever. You know. And and uh, I think that we could spend more quality time in the client instead of just grinding in the client. I, I'd like to do story stuff. I'd like to be able to watch.
0: I I'd like to yeah. I, I think like it could like be the trailer for the next set, for example. Why yeah. not? Why not? What was really jumping out to me when you were talking was that how do you even know that these resources exist?
1: As a streamer, I can tell you, I have to answer this question every day. When I say, today I am showing, we are playing Paulo Vito Damodrosa's list from the latest Zendikar Rising Championship, which I was really excited about. What? What's the Zendikar Rising Championship? Where is this deck list? Who's Paolo Vito Dama de Rosa? How like all this stuff? It should be if 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 it's important, it should probably be in the client. Like you want people into this scene. We talked about this being a competitive product. Like this is their esports product. A lot of their users have no idea what their competitive
0: endeavors are like. You've just got to be one of those hip kids who's willing to go and find the Reddit Spikes subreddit, or any of the podcasts related to the show, or, you know, MTG Melee, right? Like how many casual Magic Arena players know about MTG Melee? I'm sure a surprisingly low number of people. I mean, I even remember before I became a magic content creator and I was taking in other people's content, you know, podcasts, especially watching Twitch streamers and stuff like that. And they would have these deck lists and these stats and whatever. And it felt like black magic. Where are these people getting Mm -hmm. this stuff? Felt like this kind of like this cool kids club of of magic players. And now I... Hey, 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 that's my my thing. Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry to (laughs) to step on your (laughs) step in your territory, right? And yeah, and it wasn't until I followed a bunch of people on Magic Twitter and I watched a bunch of streamers and I listened to a bunch of podcasts and I actually started creating my own list of resources that I I built that catalog myself just from research, from whatever. And it it took a long time. And some of these resources, I would have loved to have known about them like years ago. And I just literally didn't stumble upon whoever suggested it that would actually might be a cool episode for us to do cgb where we just talk about like the various resources that we consult for magic great yeah. idea yeah great idea but yeah. i i totally agree man like if we had more ready access to these things from within the client i think it would just broaden people's worlds i mean every arena player should know about the zendikar rising championship do you agree
1: I think every, not only that, I'm going to say that every arena player should get the opportunity to watch some of it without having to figure out Twitch and the official MTG channel or YouTube. Right, which 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 don't get me started on that level of
0: accessibility either. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. I agree. I just like the fact that people are playing this game and that they don't know about the major tournaments coming up. It just shocks me. It literally shocks me. You know, the fact that we have Magic Pros... I, I've heard multiple Magic Pros be like, oh, Zendikar Rising Championship? What is that? You know? when When is that? Am I eligible for that? Right? It's like, come on, man. Uh, what, what's happening yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's uh, I feel like that's that's someone else's hill and I'm not going to die on it. But What
1: hill would you like to die on? Cuz that was my final volley. Do you have a spike for the finish?
0: Yeah, th- this is a small a very very small mole hill and I'm going to die on it, all right? Are you ready for this? Yes, let's go. I want the ability to set view cards not in my collection as the default. Boom. I am so tired. Yes. Of yeah. Going yeah. Into, yeah. Going into yeah. my collection. And searching for a card and it doesn't pop up. And it still t- sometimes takes me like five seconds to be like, oh, I need to click on that stupid show not collected option. So that's what I want more than anything. I agree.
1: Uh, I was helping somebody basically build her first deck on stream last night. And she's like, where do I find these cards? Because like I sent her a list and she's looking through them and she's typing them. And she's like, I don't have any of these. I'm like, yeah, you'll need to craft them. She, so she kept typing them, and she's like, I can't. I just can't. Yeah, I like, can't craft these cards. It doesn't cards. let me. Where are yeah. they? Where are these mythical craftable cards? Yeah, they just, I, I don't get access to these for some reason. I guess my account isn't allowed to play these cards. This is where, this is what they jump to. These are the conclusions they jump to when it's not clear. And it's like, okay, go into filters. Good, good. Now, see where it says not collected? Yeah, click that. Yeah, yeah. Now, now go back out. Now search for the card again. Aha. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh. You know, it's like, wait, I have to do that every time for how many cards?
0: <laughs> every time. All right. What about you, CGB? What's, what's your thing of choice here? So if I had to choose one, is that what you're asking me? Just, just the, the hill you're going to die on. The hill I would die on? Uh,
1: just, I just want to be able to hide cards I don't want to use. We're coming in on to like three years of arena. By the end of 2021, I don't want to have a whole page of befuddle.
0: Yeah, oh my god. That's
1: what I don't want. I don't want a whole page of different, uh, not even different, different printings, but same artwork befuddle. That's what I don't want.
0: It is a problem that needs to be solved, and they're going to have to figure out how they're going to do it. I think a good way to put it is this, because I, I learned this in my online retail
1: life. Like There are people who browse Amazon, and there are people who search Amazon, Right. And it's like 60% search, 40% browse, people who will click through the menus, and there are people who just type in what they want, right? And on Arena, I don't, like, if you have a collection of any reasonable size, you cannot browse. Yeah, you're right. It's not an option. It will take forever. Your eyes will glaze over. You'll be bored by page three. It doesn't help that it starts with white. I'll 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 give you that right now. (laughs) the most boring color uh but i mean you cannot browse if you're building a deck it takes forever it's boring it's not an experience and if you could hide or build custom binders like i talked about that's the hill i would die on
0: right there yep love it and with that we are going to conclude this wonderful new year's episode of the arena craft podcast and thank you so much for listening to our gripes and i'm sure that you all have a million thoughts about all of this stuff and so we would love to hear those you can put them in the discord you can go onto our youtube channel and leave them in the comments for this episode you can, you can go on twitter and tag wizards of the coast with this episode oh, i'm sure they'd boy. love it oh yeah or you can hop into cgb's twitch chat and uh pester him about it <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> which is just like every day of his life so what's new right <laughs> Let's go. Uh so yeah, speaking of that, you can find CGB on Twitch most weeks. He's on YouTube as well, so go go check out his amazing content. He's been putting out some cool holiday themed videos which I've been enjoying watching myself. And uh yeah, you can find Arena Craft podcast. We're also on Twitter, we're also on YouTube like I said, we're on Spotify. We have a Discord, did I mention we have a Discord? We have a Discord. So go and post a Discord. question. You might get it answered. You might get it answered. I mean, it it happens. Things happen. And uh, you can find the link for that in the show notes, if you're wondering. Here's another thing. A lot of people don't, a lot of podcast listeners don't seem to be aware that there's actually a place called the show notes where there is additional information. Go check that out. It can be eye-opening. Sometimes we have deck lists there. Sometimes we have links to external resources that we talk about it just like arena's not publishing their outside uh, info i'm i'm trying to get your attention to this valuable resource here and is that at arenacraftpodcast.com you can find them there you, you should be able to find the show notes in whatever you know whatever format you're listening to this currently there should be access to the show notes and if there are not right to complain because that is a travesty grab your phone touch the screen push the little dot dots read every single option maybe there's something there somewhere it's hidden there right so this is what we're doing is we're inspiring revolutionary action with this week's episode and that will cover it and we will look forward to bringing you the next week's content in this wonderful new year of 2021 take care cdb happy new year everybody